Welcome to Stay Healthy Doctor Talk Facebook Live program by by Mungra International. So we are honored to have with us here Dr. Wachara Pumprade, our infectious disease specialist. I would like to share a little bit background of Dr. Wachara first. He graduated from the Prince of Songkla University, Thailand, in 1995, and then uh, he became a diplomat of the American Board of Internet Medicine in 2000. And then he continued his fellowship in infectious disease at University of State of New York uh, in USA from 2000 to 2002. And he became a diplomat of the American Board of Infectious Disease in 2002. And then he came back to Thailand and then um, um, got the diploma of the Thai Board of Internet Medicine in 2004. His special clinical interests are in HIV AIDS and sexually transmitted infections. And I am Dr. Zani Min, and we will discuss living a normal life with HIV. So during Facebook Live session, if you have any questions, and then you could leave um, your questions in comment box, and then like we will answer after at the after our discussion. So without further ado, we will now start the doctor talk session. So, thank you very much for being with us here today, Kamaja. Yeah, thank you for having me as well. Kamaja. Uh, so, when we say about our HIV, so mm -hmm. most of the people, they feel like very scared. Right. And then there will be like negative impact from mm -hmm. it, like, mm -hmm. like whether people will think about them, like getting HIV infection. Or, so, right. I would like to know what is your opinion on like, uh, their perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, that's true, Dr. Zani, because, I mean, HIV has been around for over maybe 30 years, right? In the beginning uh, of the epidemic, especially here in Thailand or Asia in general, HIV had no effective treatment, right? So at the time when there was no effective treatment, the, um, the prognosis of how patients are doing was actually uh, pretty bad, right? Plus the social stigma of the people misunderstanding about HIV as well. But nowadays, it's very much different uh, landscape because nowadays HIV is a treatable or manageable disease. It's not anymore a disease that you will get it and you will get the severe complications or you can die from it. So I want to look at HIV just like diabetes. Well, high blood pressure, right? I mean, diabetes is not curable yet, right? Yes. But they are treatable, they are manageable, and the most important thing is that people with HIV infection nowadays, if they're on treatment, okay? I have to emphasize, if they are on treatment, um, they will have good quality of life. They will have, uh, you know, a life and a career as what they expected. And they can have family, they can love, they can have sex, as normal as people without HIV infection. Yeah, so that's definitely doable right now. Yeah, so now today HIV is not a scary disease anymore as before. Right, it's not. However, you know, this is extremely important point to make here is that for those HIV infected people who present to doctor for the treatment early, they do a lot better, you know, I compared see. to people who actually have HIV and are not aware that they have HIV. 
and they wait for, let's say, eight years, nine years before they enter the treatment. The prognosis, so how well they do after the treatment for those who wait for a long time is much worse than those who enter the treatment early. So that's very important thing to actually uh, get HIV testing, right? As early as possible. A lot of my patients who present early, they look at HIV testing just like you go in to check your blood sugar to know whether you're diabetic or not, right? I want to look at it that way, right? But yeah. a lot of people out there still feel hesitant to come forward for HIV testing because they feel scared. They feel like, oh, if I know HIV is a death sentence, or if I know HIV, it will affect my social status and stuff like that. So we here at Bamangrad would like to encourage everyone who are sexually active or any um, uh, um, you know, chance of having HIV infection to come forward for HIV testing. It's simple, it's cheap, and it means a lot to your health. Like I said, I want to stress this again. The earlier you get into the treatment, the much better outcome of the treatment, right? And uh, the other thing about confidentiality, Dr. Zani, because I'm sure uh, that a lot of clients or, or patients, when they come to the hospital, they feel like, oh, will my information about HIV status be disclosed to a third party or not? At Bamungrat Hospital, you can be 100% confident, 100% sure that it, the results of HIV testing, HIV status, will not be disclosed to any third party without your permission. And in Thailand, it's a law, right? Uh, we as clinicians are not allowed to tell anyone you know, uh, about your HIV status, and our governments are not interested in knowing. So if you come to our hospital, getting blood tests, going to the treatment, it's all completely confidential. I see. So. Uh who should get tested for HIV? And uh, like, if a person is like exposed to the risk of uh, mm -hmm. getting HIV, and uh, how long they should wait to get tested? Yeah, that's a great question. So, anyone who are sexually active, active yeah. right, or anyone who has any possible risk to HIV infection, you feel like okay, you have monogamous relationship, but you do. Uh, dental work in clinics where you don't trust, you can also get tested as well. So the the more you test, the earlier we can detect an infection. So everyone who's sexually active should get HIV testing. I would say at least a year, but nowadays we actually recommend at least twice a year twice as well, year. right? And, and not only HIV, you know, uh, on top of HIV testing, we should also look into STD testing. STD stands for sexually transmitted disease or sexually transmitted infection. So like syphilis, hepatitis C, hepatitis B, all of these are curable, are manageable, but if you wait and being in the unknown for a long time, the outcome of the treatment is far worse than early treatment too, so. See. So some people, they think that HIV and AIDS are the same thing. Mm -hmm. So what are the differences between HIV and AIDS? 
Yeah, we, we used to put AIDS and HIV in a, in a, a different spectrum. AIDS means that you have HIV infection and then you also have developed opportunistic infections, the complications from HIV. Again, when you have HIV infection, HIV infection is a virus, right? It goes into your immune cells called CD4. That's, that's kind of a technical term, I'm so sorry. But CD4 is your immune cells which helps you to fight against all of the infections. For instance, pneumonia or fungus infection of your brain, right? So if you have HIV infection and you don't treat it, then your immune system will get very weak to the point that you can get additional infection from opportunistic infection, or we call it OI, like pneumonia, tuberculosis. That's when we call AIDS. But if you only have HIV infection alone without any opportunistic infection, so that's pure HIV infection. So, yeah, it's useful in a way. But again, though, I want to re-emphasize again, I'm, I'm saying this third time, I know, but you know, try to test regularly, every six months. If things can't turn out, not as you expect. If you happen to have HIV infection, it's not the end of the world. Look at it just like diabetes yes. and hepatitis B. Will you be losing your uh, sleep if you get hepatitis B positive from the testing? No, right? Yes. So HIV should be pretty much the same thing because we do have very good treatment to offer for HIV infection. You have life expectancy comparable to people without HIV infection. You can work, you can do well in your career, you can do the startup. All of these questions are being asked all the time whether what they, what, what they can do, right? Yes. So basically you can do anything um, uh, just like you're not infected with HIV. You can have family, you can have kids as well. Yes. So, like, uh, if a person like worry about the the getting infected, mm -hmm. then he can uh, to have a uh, HIV blood test, and uh, if the test come out positive, right. so what should he do first? Yeah. So, uh, you know, if the results come out positive, so that's a confirmed positive test, right? In Bamingrad, we'll have the um, a screening result of the screening tests within one hour, yeah. one and a half hour, and then we do a confirmatory test about two hours. After that, then we go ahead and you know start the evaluation for the treatment. For instance, we want to evaluate your number of HIV virus in your system. We want to evaluate your immune system. We want to look at the chest x-ray and also resistant tests. So all this lab results will take about a week or two before we can start the treatment. So I will recommend to start HIV treatment about two weeks after the, uh, the positive uh, results from the screening. And I forgot, you also asked the other question about uh, if you're exposed to HIV, if you yeah. have like unprotected sex today, when should you get for HIV testing, right? I would recommend a month after your Exposure. exposure, okay? That would be uh, right timing to get tested for HIV, right? Yeah. Uh, if that's negative, some people might want to repeat it again at three months after exposure. After three months, if all the tests come back negative, it means you do not have HIV infection. You can close the case, right? Yeah. 
However, Dr. Sani, you bring up this very interesting point is that if I'm exposed to HIV today, you know, if I you know, have sex without using condom, then besides doing screening, we also have other prevention treatment called post-exposure prophylaxis or taking medications after you have exposure or possible exposure to HIV. This treatment uses the same medication as treatment, but you want to use it, the medication, within the first three days after exposure. And you want to take it only a month, okay? That medication called PEP, or post-exposure prophylaxis, it prevents you from HIV infection of about, I would say, 70 to 80 percent. And that's a lot of protection yes. compared to doing nothing, right? So that's PEP as well. So I think that's a, that's a nice information to talk about with screening technology too. So PEP can protect only 70 percent, right? So yeah, people, they have to prevent without um, getting exposure to the rigs, right? So is there any, like, uh, your advice on how to protect uh, for the, like, uh, not to expose? Yeah, you mean after the exposure, right? If they have uh, unprotected sex or prevention in prevention general? Prevention in general. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, I want to finish up the prevention of PEP. If you expose, you're taking PEP, and you want to prove it whether you get infection or not in a month, right? So. With that one month, you're not sure whether you're going to infect your partner, for instance. So you want to refrain from sexual activity for a month until you prove that you do not have HIV infection. But general HIV prevention, that's a um, you know, hot debate, right? Yeah. There's a lot of um, developments and innovations in this field, uh, which is a good news. Traditionally, as you know, the way to prevent HIV infection would be using condom, right? So using condom right from the beginning until the end of your sexual activity, right? That will protect you almost 100%. And condom is still a very great thing. So not only it prevents you from HIV, it also prevents you from STD as well. Okay, and also unprotected, uh, unwanted pregnancy. pregnancy. Yeah, that's yeah. right. However, there are new therapy called pre-exposure prophylaxis. Pre-exposure prophylaxis, meaning that I take medications before I expose to HIV infection. So that will take, that will be like taking one pill a day, and you take it for about seven to 14 days before you start to live your life, yes. right? But you have to take it every day. That will protect you over 90% in men, and in some, you know, to be honest with you, in some cohort, is almost 100% protection. Wow. So nowadays, people are taking PrEP or PREP, pre-exposure prophylaxis, together with condom, that will protect you from HIV very effectively. So I, I definitely recommend you to look into that and do some research on PrEP. But if you have a questions about HIV testing or PrEP or PEP, you can always contact us through our Babungrat Telehealth, and we have clinicians and specialists to, um, to uh, give you the consultation online and you can get blood tests wherever you are in your locations and then get the consultation online with us. So, so that's very highly recommended. I see. Okay.
So uh, a lot of people also worry that like if they got infected with HIV, so uh-huh. what would that mean for their future? And also what other people would uh, think about them? Uh-huh. So uh, so when people get, uh, when, when a person get infected with HIV, so uh, what should they, uh, could you please advise like how should they live with this or how to take care of themselves? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so good. So personally, in your personal life, uh, not much difference. You can be living with your family. You can eat together. You can, you know, even share utensils. It's okay. You can use the same bathroom. Mosquito bite you and bite your family members. It will not transmit HIV infection. You just have to be careful about two things. One thing is sexual contact. So if you positive and you have sex with your wife for instance or having sex with your partner you want to use condom consistently 100% and on top of that your partner can take PrEP or pre-exposure prophylaxis together too that will also uh, increase the protection to almost you know I would say 100% right now the other thing also you have to be careful about using sharp objects like nail cutter or razor, not to share them because that you can transmit the virus as well. But apart from that, you pretty much have normal life with your family. Now, about public understanding about HIV, obviously the understanding by the public about HIV infection still lags behind what's going on in terms of medical fields. So some in general community might not be totally aware of the development of HIV treatment, right? So I would say to prevent from social stigma, you want to tell those who do who you trust entirely that they will keep your uh, confidentiality um, completely, right? So I'm not going to go ahead and tell people, yes. but you can have uh, your maybe your friends, your uh, family members, a few, so you can actually talk to when you have HIV infection. And to be honest with you, it's uh, it's going to be only difficult in the first few months after the HIV diagnosis. And that's natural, right? Because you, di- you are diagnosed with HIV infection, so you're scared. And you, you know, lots of things coming into your mind, right? But it takes about maybe two or three months before patients can get confidence again. And then now all of my patients are doing very well living their life normally and you know very well psychologically mentally as well so HIV is not that first problem anymore it's probably same like us career you know <laughs> retirement or you know their family so so again I'm being honest with you that having HIV you can lead a normal quality of life Let's see. Okay, so uh, you mentioned about PrEP and mm-hmm. like uh, the partner can take PrEP. Yeah. So uh, if a partner has um, HIV positive, so their partner uh, should take PrEP as well. So how about condom, like PrEP and condom together? Or like some prefer not to take um, like condom prevention, like why they are taking PrEP. So what is your advice on this? Yeah, you know what the best advice would be I would call dual protection, protection. right? because condom sometimes breaks and we see that all the time when people coming for PEP right so yes. condom can break 
if you don't use it properly, if you don't keep it well. So prep is a you know a, um, a cushion, right? So it's a second life prevention. So if you use dual approach, prep and condom, that will protect you very well, right? Unless you know if you are in monogamous relationship and you know your partner very well, your partner is taking HIV. Uh, treatment, treatment yes. until uh, your partner's viral load is not detected. Then you, you, you're taking PrEP, and the chance of having HIV infection is very, very slim. Right? Yeah. So this is also the other important thing as well. You know, we forgot to talk about it is that if I'm infected with HIV, and I take medications very well until virus load is not detected in my system, what are the chances of transmitting viruses to others? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very, very slim as well. So it's difficult for HIV-infected people who are taking medications very well and undetectable viral load to transmit the virus. And that's the reason why we encourage everyone to come forward for HIV testing, get into treatment, and making sure you're taking the treatment very well until viral load is not detected, then HIV new cases will be zero one day. I just had a talk with the uh, Ministry of Public Health of Thailand this morning about dual protection. So this is one strategy to get everyone testing, get everyone treated, right? And people using condom together with PrEP in the risky situation, then uh, we hope we have new. We have zero new case in in Thailand. So 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 this is really meaningful. Okay. Once the test is positive, the treatment can start like after two weeks, like after mm -hmm. our further investigation. So how often they need to come for follow up to to get the treatment? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. In the beginning, maybe you know I'll see them again in one or two months, making sure that they tolerate the medications well. And if things are okay, stabilized, we can see them every six months. So we have patients flying all over from, from all over the world, basically, and uh, come in for the medication refill. So but if you come uh, very, very far away from, you know, like Western Europe or America, maybe you can get refilled for a whole year as well, making sure that, provided that if they have some labs monitoring at home too. So, and nowadays with COVID-19, we also do offer treatment by telehealth as well. They can get their blood test in, for instance, Indonesia. They can present the results to us. We review them and we do some consultation online and then we ship the medications to their home. So that makes life a lot easier for our patients too. I see. So for those people like taking antiviral medication, mm -hmm. so what kind of side effects they have to um, they have to observe, and then they have to take uh, they have to be careful. Right, you know, twenty years ago when I started this career, uh, the medication was full of side effects. You know, but nowadays, the new modern medication for HIV are so effective and so little side effect. Obviously, there could be some mild dizziness, mild nausea in the beginning, but usually in the first two to four weeks, right? But after that, people don't feel much. But there are some long-term side effects that needs to be monitored, like bone health, like cholesterol, like heart diseases. So those are the things that 
uh, we as clinicians work with our patients to monitor them and to prevent them. Um, HIV infection nowadays is a different landscape. Yeah. In the past, we look at it as infections, you know, or severe infectious complications. But nowadays, it's actually non-infectious complications. The complications that we happen are like heart diseases, diabetes, or cancers, uh, and this usually caused by three big drivers. One is smoking. So for every HIV-infected uh, patient, we do encourage to stop smoking right away. Two would be regular exercise, right, because that's definitely needed. And three would be um, healthy food. Uh, it's more and more clear that the more um, animal-based food, like you know, um, um, processed meat, that's the most risky category of food, like hot dogs and bacons, uh, red meat, um, you know, milk or eggs can increase the NCD or non-communicable diseases complications like heart diseases, diabetes. So we want to reduce that and we want to increase plant-based diet, lots of fibers, legumes, vegetables, tofu, all of these are Asian food. Yeah? And then, uh, you know, and fresh uh, vegetables and fruits. So these three um, factors are very crucial in preventing non-infectious uh, complications of HIV. So that's on top of other things that you need to do. I, I feel like I'm taking care of HIV patients nowadays, just like I, I take care of diabetic patients. It's the same sense, you know. So, uh, so the regular follow-up is important for them. Right. right. Regular follow-up, and remember to work on three big drivers. Three big drivers. Yeah, yes. smoking, smoking diet, diet, and exercise. And exercise. Right? The medications nowadays come in as oral, as pills, okay. right? So you take pills every day. You know, it's, it's great, it's not much side effect, but to be honest, some patients get tired of it after 15 years of taking medications, however, there are some development in a pipeline. We will have uh, treatment, which is far better, like injection. Every one month, injection every two months. Or we will eventually, what I hope for would be the implant. Yeah. Just like when you have the contraception. contraception right? yeah. So implants will come and maybe stay for the whole year. Yeah. So people don't need to take medications every day. So, you know, stay tuned because there are some exciting developments in the pipeline and definitely Bamangrad will, you know, uh, make those available for our patients here. So, you know, I hope after, uh, you know, listening to our talks, you have to get it would be, much, yeah, a yeah, good impression about yeah, HIV yeah. Yeah, and good Absolutely. future waiting, right? So yes. it's, it's uh, really much, much better than 20 years ago. Yeah. So... Okay, where like HIV became a manageable disease, and then like um, and also the outcome is very good. Right, like they can live normally with their family. So, but like uh, you mentioned about uh, when they found out that they get positive result, like there will be like two or more months, like um, like they feel depressed and feeling down. So, 
So during that period, is there any special advice for them to prepare, how to prepare mentally? Right. You know, when you have the HIV diagnosis first time, like I said earlier, it's natural to feel depressed, it's natural to feel anxious, and too many thoughts coming into your mind at one time. But, you know, keep simple message before you leave the doctor's room is that this is a treatable, manageable disease. You will have HIV infection, but you will have good quality of life if we work well together, if you come in for regular follow-up. Uh, and all this worry will come back once you leave the doctor's room, right? <laughs> because when you go home, you're alone, you feel anxious again. So please come back if you have some more questions, because you need to clarify a lot of questions with clinicians, right? So this is on the uh, clinical approach. However, there are some community support in, I would say, every country right now. There are peer support. There are government hotline where you can call in and, and get consultation about HIV disease, how you manage your um, health, how you manage your insurance, for instance, uh, in every place. And there's some, like in Thailand, we also have peer support group where they get together both online and offline, right? And then giving support to each other. In those groups, there are more experienced HIV-infected people who have been through the whole thing and can advise you how you navigate this new diagnosis. So always get help. And some people will find people in their life who they can trust, right? Their uh, siblings, their family, their friends, and then get consultation from those. So you do definitely have the support. If, you know, I don't think it's going to be as scary as it was 20 years ago. I mean, 20 years ago, people who was first diagnosis might commit suicide, but not anymore nowadays because it's not that bad anymore, right? So, but if worse comes to worse, that you really cannot get your anxiety and depression out of your head, maybe you need a professional psychologist or psychiatrist that can also help you as well. But, you know, but I feel that we don't need to go that far, you know, nowadays. And this is all because we do have such an effective treatment to offer. We have much better technology. We have much better understanding, even though not yet completely from the public, right? But much better understanding, much less social stigma nowadays. So I think uh, it is something, again, manageable nowadays. See. So the support and understanding from the family and the society is also important. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. So that's why apart from we sitting seeing patients in the room, we also need to work with our colleagues who are doing community work to get the understanding across. But but like I said, you know, it's much better than in the past, right? So social stigma, I mean this is maybe part of the discussions as well. Social stigma can happen with every diseases, and it's caused by misunderstanding uh, of the public in general or the society. However, from our research, when we done in the community research, it turned out that the, the worst stigma, okay, listen to this carefully, the worst stigma of HIV infection is not by the society, it's actually the self Stigma. stigma. Yeah, so we just feel that we're not normal. We just feel that we're not as healthy as others. We just feel that we're going to be discriminated against, right? So it's all in our head. Sometimes guilty themselves. Right, right. So self stigma is actually more damaging than 
social stigma. So uh, how do you tackle self-stigma? So with the understanding, right? Talking to us, get the full understanding, get the peer support. And like I said, it takes maybe three months to get your confidence back again, but it will be back and you'll be living your life um, healthy and happily again. So how about the family? How the, the family can uh, provide support to their like family member who get uh, HIV positive? Yeah, uh, two things, you know, and, and the two things comes into one word with the understanding Understanding the disease, you know, if the patient get infected, seeing a doctor, finish already, maybe when you are ready and you think you will tell your family member, you can bring your family members along. That happens all the time we do family therapy too. So once their parents understand HIV disease, their sibling understand, then the whole temperature goes down, right? Because the family happy again. Yeah? Um, and the other thing would be understanding their lifestyle because I think what's lying behind the social stigma of HIV infection is the reason why they get HIV infection. Uh, for instance, if you are men who have sex with men, which is widely uh, um, uh, acceptable right now in the society, right? Uh, but if your family don't understand your way of life, not understanding that men can love men, then that also put a lot of stress. There are a few gentlemen in my cohort that said out loud that HIV infection is actually less stressful compared to social stigma against the men who have sex with men lifestyle. Right? So the family also need to work to understand. Uh, yeah, I said work to understand because understand not easy. Eh? Yeah. So you have to work to understand that men who have sex with men or drug users is the lifestyle and it is something that you need to um, be supportive right if they totally committed to lifestyle of men who have sex with men then they support them cherish them but if they have a lifestyle using IV drug users maybe they need additional support to stay away from it to go for the harm reduction with the government program so there are things that you can do but um, most of my HIV-infected patients, after they know diagnosis, they actually become healthier because they come to sit down and reflect on their lifestyle and their family values. And once they understand it well, they take better care of themselves. They stop smoking. Okay. They start to exercise. They start to eat healthy. Yeah. And they start to appreciate the love and understanding in their family better. So it's not all that okay. bad. Huh? Okay, so with the support and understanding from the family and the community and also with the like our affected treatment by the modern our medicine, so HIV is not as scary as uh, before. Right, so, right. It's yeah. just another disease yes, that needs to be taken care of well. Yeah. Okay. I think there are some questions from the audiences. Yeah, so let's go through with their questions. Uh, one question is, how long can a patient living a normal life with HIV? Yeah, 
Like I said earlier, the life expectancy is comparable to those who do not have HIV infection. So if you are in the treatment well, you take your medications well, you work with us very well, then the reason for, for, for dying is just like us. Cancers and uh, heart diseases and strokes and all of those. So, so, you know, I cannot give you the number because if life expectancy in Thailand is 75 years old as Thai women, probably you are 75 years old too. But if you don't exercise, if you're still smoking, then that's the same like us. If we do smoke, maybe we die earlier. So it's comparable to people without HIV infection. However, by having HIV infection, the chance of having NCD or non-communicable disease or non-infectious complications is higher. So that's why you need to be serious about sitting down, planning. Okay, this year I'm going to lose five kilo. This year I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to do plant-based one meal a day or plant-based one day a week, right? And then try to increase this gradually. And this year I'm going to stop smoking in two weeks. But I actually recommend if you want to stop smoking, stop now. That's the most effective approach. I see. So we mentioned about like HIV became like a chronic disease and can be manageable. And one question came out that HIV can totally be cured. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's what many scientists and medical professionals are going after globally right now. We have some uh, lights at the end of the tunnel because I think you have heard of the cure HIV case in Berlin you know, several years ago because of bone marrow transplantation. When we are infected with HIV, it goes into every cells, including white blood cells and, and brain cells, right? That gentleman in Berlin, he's got leukemia and he had another reason to ablate or destroy all of his white blood cells and his bone marrow and replace it with a new, new um, cells and new bone marrow. And that new bone marrow from a donor has deficiency in HIV receptor. It means that that white blood cells, HIV cannot enter. enter. Doesn't have a receptor. So he was lucky. He got a new bone marrow, got a new white blood cells, and the HIV cannot enter, so he was declared cured. So, so, you know, Coming out from that, we have developed many strategies. Like, I would say, I would take your cells, right? This is one of the strategies. Huh? And then I would re-engineer your DNA and your white blood cells and make it uh, CAR T cells, we call our cells. I can, I can inject it back to you and have these cells go and eat all of the virus cells in your body, right? Or infusion, I take out the cells, making your cell as cells that HIV infection cannot enter, then I can reinfuse it back. Or bone marrow transplantation, for instance. So those are not yet a proven therapy, but there are ways to do it. And I would say it will come sooner than we thought because of two things. Uh, one thing is an explosion in the knowledge in the genomics or the gene therapy. And the other thing would be an explosion of the computer capacity so that when we do genomic sequencing, we can an analyze it much faster so the new knowledge actually occurs 
much more, much faster than in the past, and that's why I think we are seeing uh, brighter light at the end of the channel every year. Getting about COVID-19, that kind of, you know, <laughs> kind of distract the whole world uh, attention from HIV. But eventually, I think we will find the way to cure. But even not cure, Dr. Sani, think about if I have HIV uh, treatment like implant. If I put an implant in my arm, it stays for a year. Or I think they can be done in a way that it can stay for three years in the future. If you leave, if you make it every three years, right? Yes. So you change it, what, 10 times, you have 30 years already. Yes. Right? So even though it's not curable, but it feels like it's already cured, sure. if that type of treatment is on board. So in parallel, we're looking for the way to cure, but the other way to make the treatment as simple as possible too. So looking into genomics and cells therapy will be the way to cure HIV. Yeah, so can we take this as a good news for the like um, upcoming like new uh, innovation and the development uh, to cure HIV? I think it's not yet a good news, but it is a good hope, oh. right? That there are ways to do it because we have that one Berlin gentleman who was cured by bone marrow transplantation. We replicated, not me, but I mean the researchers in Boston replicated the bone marrow transplantation, but that one didn't work well like in the Berlin uh, cases. We are doing in other places as well. So, but there are approaches we can go after uh, the cure. And like I said, the explosion of knowledge is so, is so fast nowadays. So I think soon, we will have the curative uh, therapy. So one question is, can HIV patient have baby? Yes, uh, yeah, we mentioned earlier, by having HIV infection, if you treat yourself well until your viral load or HIV virus in your system is not detected anymore, then you can have a baby. If the infected patient is, ma is a man, right, you can do sperm washing and then can inject into uh, uh, the lady, or you can do uh, IVF, right? Where here in Bermuda, we also do IVF for this type of patients as well. And if you are uh, a lady, you can also be pregnant and deliver healthy baby too. I had a, you know, um, um, a very young mother who's been infected with HIV from her mother since birth. Now she becomes in her 20s, and she decided one day that I want to become a mother. You know, but this is all about planning, so we need to sit down, talk about it, prepare things well. And she just had a baby, yeah. and now her baby is a one-year-old boy, very healthy, and no HIV infection. So everything can be managed if you plan well. And this is not only family planning, but also HIV prevention, yeah. too. I talk about PEP, or post-exposure. Yeah. That's about 70 to 80%. But if you plan ahead of time, you feel like, ah, some ground is coming. I'm going to have some sex or risk, right? And I want to take pre-exposure prophylaxis. Then if you plan ahead of time, the efficacy of the prevention is actually much higher than, than emergency treatment. So one question came up that uh, if there is one pregnant mother and she's not um, like uh, getting any treatment for HIV, so 
however you will get HIV for like uh, is there like how many percent risk yeah, of yes. getting HIV right yeah so that's that's um, uh, risky so I would say maybe two to five percent chance of having uh, infected uh, baby, baby right so um, I'm sorry 25 percent yeah you if you pregnant you're not taking medications the chance of having infected baby will be about one in four uh, um, chance of having HIV in your baby, the most risky situation would be blood transfusion. If you receive blood transfusion from um, infected source, then you 100% will get the um, um, HIV infection. Sexual transmission would be 0.3% um, or 3 in 1,000 as average. But there are um, too extreme. I've seen people with multiple exposure don't get the infection. I've seen people with one time and then um, get infection. Now, the chance of getting HIV infection going back to the mother, in, uh, uh, infected mother, if you're not taking medication, it's 25%. But if you uh, take the medications until the viral load is not detected, it's less than 0.1%. So uh, you see a, a big benefit of testing, knowing of HIV infection, treating early, then everything can be managed. So one person asks about the follow-up plan. Uh, so during the regular follow-up, like what kind of um, investigation and the laboratory uh, investigation will, uh, will do? Like is there any CD4 count or the HIV uh, viral load? So he said, like, what other uh, laboratory investigation will we um, order for them for the regular follow-up? Yeah, so I look at this in two categories. One is to assess the response to HIV treatment, how well they do after the treatment, and that's HIV viral load. I expect it to be undetectable at every visit, sorry. CD4 is as high as we can get. The second category would be to monitor long-term side effects. That would come as liver, inflammation, kidney, kidney. yeah, dysfunction or, or reducing kidney function, uh, cholesterol, diabetes, bone health, chest x-ray, making sure there's no tuberculosis, for instance. And there could be more um, uh, intensive monitoring, if I feel that my patients are losing memory, if they're not as sharp as before, maybe we do some neurocognitive assessment or uh, assess assessment of your brain function, your uh, intelligence function, and stuff like that, because that one thing that can come with chronic HIV infection, and we have the way to help it, uh, to, to reduce it, and one of the way actually going back to exercise, because exercise has been uh, the only proven prevention for dementia in general population. So we also use that for our HIV-infected patients as well. Let's see. Uh, next question is, how many steps of HIV screening to confirm that the person has HIV infection and need to have treatment? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so great question. We, uh, under WHO and also here in Thailand, um, standard would be we do three types of 
screening test, right? So when we do, when we call people for true HIV infection, we do three types, three different technology um, assays, right? And then if all three are positive, we call it true positive or having true HIV infection. If let's say one is positive, the other two is negative, or two is positive, the third is negative, we call it indeterminate. Indeterminate means two things. It could mean this is false positive. Maybe you don't have an, an infection, but you just have the antibody looking like antibody to HIV. Or it could be an early infection, maybe you were exposed a week ago, and then you just develop a low-level antibody, and our assays can only detect certain amount, right? So if that's the case, then I would repeat it again in one month time. Or I could send a confirmatory test like HIV-PCR. PCR is a technology to detect the DNA of the, bacteria, of the virus directly, right? So, so that's the way we confirm it. So we either confirm it, but it's all with history, right? Compatible history, screening tests, using PCR as con confirmatory tests, or using an appropriate timing to repeat a screening test again, which is ELISA test in one month, for instance. And so we can always um, prove whether you have HIV infection or not. Um, some of my patients might have heard about HIV NAT. N-A-A-T. NAT means nucleic acid amplification test. PCR is more specific. NAT is to detect any types of nucleic acid materials like DNA, RNA. Are we going too deep? It's okay, right? <laughs> so DNA, RNA, right? So NAT can be detected very early, let's say in the first three to five days. But again, though, if you detect by net, net is overly sensitive. So if you positive net, you need to confirm it with, let's say, ELISA um, at appropriate timing again anyway, right? So by having positive net, don't just label yourself that you do have HIV infection. I had two cases who had positive net, and then we prove it with ELISA and PCR, and that those two gentlemen were proven to be having no HIV infection. Mm -hmm. So before you conclude anything, please see uh, a proper specialist and making sure you get the right technology and right interpretation as well. So uh, how long can someone live with HIV without knowing? So it's mean like uh, the patient not, not come for, yeah, not right. treated, not go untested. So. Right, yeah. In Thailand, we did that study early on in the beginning of the epidemic, and it turned out to be that if you have HIV infection, if you don't treat it well, you will live about seven years on average. And then things will start to happen, and then, you know, go through opportunistic infections and many things, and you, yeah, you will know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's see. So, uh, for the cases of like uh, HIV infection and also they have like some kind of uh, sexual problem like uh, erotine dysfunction, most of the doctors they advise like injection testosterone. So, whether like the injection testosterone is suitable for the HIV patient or 
like he said like he has uh, a patient who has high blood pressure so whether like this kind of testosterone injection is it suitable well you know if you have a clear medical reason for testosterone injections then it's okay definitely okay but I've seen a lot of cases who actually don't have a clear indication for testosterone the clear indication would be you need to prove that your testosterone hormone is low then you replace it right if you replace it then it also brings back your sexual life it also uh, prevents from the bone fracture too right but if your testosterone hormone is normal it's no point to get testosterone injection because what it will do is that it will stimulate the growth of prostate gland cells and that will lead to prostate cancers and it's not you know it's not pleasant to have another disease you know by an unnecessary treatment so so for HIV is okay but I just want to have I just want to make sure that you do see a clear medical indication for testosterone injection Okay, I think our time is up. So before closing our session, if you have any take-home messages to our audiences. Well, you know, like I said, uh, HIV uh, is a manageable and treatable infection. But, you know, the most important thing would be to come forward for HIV testing. Please look at HIV testing just like another test, just like blood sugar because that's the entry point of you to take good care of yourself you know by having HIV testing regularly it will you know affect your life in a very positive ways and you can enjoy your sexual life in the way you choose Let's see okay so thank you very much uh, for your attention and all the questions we are sorry if uh, we don't have enough time to answer all the questions because of the time limitation so i hope this live session will help you to understand more about hiv so please also stay tuned for our future interesting topics at uh, bamranga international facebook page and also if you would like to consult by telemedicine or uh, to our doctors you can contact to our referral offices and also our Bamrungra web page. So uh, this is our Dr. Top our Facebook live session. And thank you very much. Have a good and healthy day. And see you again.